0: And this is the Listening Shires over WBTNAM, your community-supported nonprofit radio station, 1370 on your AM dial. WBTNAM.org for streaming. Click on Listen Live or on your TuneIn app or another appropriate app on your smartphone. We have this morning two wonderful guests, Simone Tomorrow and Jerry Chevalier. Are you there, ladies? Yes, yes. Good morning. Wonderful. Good morning. I, I am so very thrilled to have you. Jerry, let's start with you. Now you've had a long uh, evolution in your work. You were, you began writing poetry and, and as a literary artist, and moved into visual art. Um, mm-hmm. Tell us tell us about yourself and your journey.
1: Thanks. Um, I'm still writing poetry and nonfiction. Uh, I actually started out interested in dance in high school, and I went to Antioch College and was in the dance department there, and. Um, I ended up doing my undergrad and graduate work in literature and writing, and it was only in more recent years that my creative, um, my creative work moved into the visual arts. But I would say that the that my other interests in other art forms remain, and as a teacher of creativity workshops, um, and when I get a chance to teach in any context. Uh, I stand for um, the creative force in in any of us uh, being able to manifest itself in numerous forms um, simultaneously or over time
0: um, how much have has your travel have your travels um, informed this
1: mm. well I think my interest in travel and my interest in um, creative expression spring from the same place of curiosity about the world and about how our innermost intimate experience of life relates to um, cultures, different ways that um, tribes and peoples and countries have formed uh, structures through which to live. So I'm just very curious about... um, looking into all the possibilities that human beings have found to structure societies and, and their own lives and to explore in myself uh, different avenues and roads to take in this one precious life.
0: You traveled to Japan, India, and Thailand, um, and you spent six months there teaching. Tell me how that experience affected you. mm
1: very deeply i I think of India almost every day, and also I'm very interested in Eastern philosophy and I've been practicing Vipassana meditation for twenty seven years now so being in Thailand and visiting the temples and seeing how the the people um, express Buddhist thought in their everyday life was very interesting but just back to India. Um, Most of us here in the West have just never, ever been exposed to that level of mass poverty that exists in India. We're just not exposed to it. I mean, we see sometimes photographs, you know, uh, in newspapers, but we have no concept of what it's like to be in a place like India with a population like that masses and masses of people who have nothing. So um, I carry that in my heart every day.
0: So basically, it's the poverty and their suffering that most affected you.
1: Well, um, that's one of the things that affected me. Um, Another thing that really stays with me is um, how people live directly from the land in so many parts of the world. And in our culture, we have so many consumer products, and we're also very removed from um, just basic processes of life and death that are in your face in places where they don't have the infrastructure and they don't have that, um, that sense of remove. So that put me right right up against some things that i would never been exposed to, and I'm still processing those. However, the, their spiritual practice is so strong and um, it, it helps them cope with ways of life that are actually very difficult.
0: So when you left, um, after having those experiences, what did you find coming out in your work?
1: Mm, well, I hope, I hope the love comes through because uh, I have a strong love of the natural world and of the human spirit. So um, I did write a number of poems, and um, also I've got a nonfiction project um, up on the web, livinghero.com, where I did sort of what you're doing. I interviewed people who, whose work in many different um, many different disciplines somehow expressed a desire to make a better world. And so Vandana Shiva is an Indian woman and an activist. Um, I don't know if you know her. She's an eco-feminist. But um, I was able to interview her in part because of our common interests and, and having a sense of where she was coming from in her life in India. So it's, it's creative work, but also nonfiction activist work that I'm involved in.
0: And how did you make the move from poetry to working on paper, um, drawings? I, I saw some of your work, as you know, and it was, it was very, very unique. I, I'd never seen anything quite like that before. How did that start to express itself um, out of you, so to speak?
1: Wow. Well, that's that's kind of a deep question because I it happened to me, and I don't really. It's still mysterious to me because I didn't have any training in visual art. Um, what happened was, I I had I suffered a depression, and it was the only time in my life I had what what could be considered a clinical depression. This was. Um, about nine months after nine eleven, and nine eleven was just one of many things that took place in my life that were, you know, kind of shocking and difficult. And so, where were you? I was in Boston. Okay. I was living in Boston.
0: Okay.
1: And um, so, I kind of flatlined. Like my my creative energy was just not there. And I, if anyone listening has actually been through a depression. I just didn't, I lost the interest in the words, none of my work looked good to me, nothing looks good, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And the wonder of it all was that as I started feeling better, I, I got some medication, and as I started feeling better, I just had a really strong urge to make something physical. To not work with words or any intermediary, but just make something. And I went to the art store, and I just, like a fiend, was gathering stuff into a shopping cart and bought this stuff. And I went back to my apartment, and I made the first of a series of inlaid collages that occupied my creative energy for, like, the next seven years I made those collages. But from the first, very first one... I, I was able to kind of drop the medication. It became my medicine to be making these things and expressing myself in this way. So uh, that's how it happened. And in terms of the images and the selection of materials and color, you know color, I didn't, had no color theory or or drawing training or anything like that. So I just let it. I let it happen. I let it take take
0: over they're very striking they're extraordinarily striking they really are I, I imagine in in person they must just be overwhelming hmm. um, and you can see them um, on Jari Chevalier J-A-R-I-C-H-E-V-A-L-I-E-R dot com and um, just click through her website and you'll find coll- collage inlays and they're just stunning also on our, our Facebook page, The Listening Shires, you'll find the links. So, Jari, um, you work on, it's very curious that you work on very different media, uh, one being this paperwork on and oil and also but with watercolors.
1: Mm, also, um, I've been working on linen. I've been oh, making, that's right. I just don't have those paintings here with me. That's right, that's I'd right. love to have the chance to show them to you sometime. But um, I wanted to just jump in, to off your conversation please. now with Simonetta, please, and please. say that um, for me, uh, I've always had this experience of being um, kind of an outsider, um, even in my own family, sure. I'm sort of the outsider. And I, I think that the artistic temperament, uh, especially in a commercial society, um, is always Somewhat the experience of being a bystander. Absolutely. So mm-hmm. um, that's familiar to me, even when I'm in my not only home city, which is New York, but um, you know, right at the table with my my homies, or my people.
0: And it's very interesting. I I went to see a very beautiful event on uh, this week. Um, actually, soon after I saw you both, and and as I was leaving, we all went to have a little. A little celebration, and as I was leaving, um, the father-in-law turned to the son-in-law and said something to him about, um, um, uh, you know, did you do any work today or something? He was making a joke, but again, it's that, it's that sort of still art is not looked upon as a profession. Mm-hmm. and it's very interesting how that continues and continues and continues and so much of the population is at at best confused and and perhaps at worst completely wrong with their understanding of just how much work it takes to create something from nothing.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, also there is the um there is the aspect of idleness and we live in a, a culture and the dominant worldview is that sort of European work ethic: work, 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 uh, as that as if that is the highest value and benefit. But you know, as artists, um, many artists are also activists in that they are do have a creative mind and they don't just accept um, what was handed to them and and do work with reality in new ways. And so we need our idle hours. We need the time to just be doing nothing and sort of letting the the winds of creativity um, pass through us, and there's value in that. But try to convince a, a commercial culture that there's value in that, and you're going to run into a little bit of a problem.
0: <laughs> yes, well, one day we could have an interesting talk about that as well. I found a solution, but... Um, <laughs> I live, right. in, I live, I'm actually living in the year 2532. But, but um, y- you, you come upon a very interesting reality when you hear, for instance, you, you yourself or your parents or your uh, a relative, they get struck down by illness. What's the first thing, once they begin to recover, what's the first thing that occurs? The doctor says, you have to rest. The doctor says you have to spend a, a month at home, and what's the first thing that one observes is that that person cannot sit still. What and what people and again, this is what you're talking about in terms of being idle. It's 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 useless. We are it, it has no value. But the truth of it is, is that out of idleness, out of quietness, out of silence, comes music, art, ideas, creativity. Um, uh, And, in terms of the medical sense, healing. Mm -hmm. You cannot heal if you don't stop. And many people learn, uh, especially those who begin to take responsibility for their health, that that healing is about becoming connected again with the body. And that running around is what, in fact, creates dis-ease. And it's very fascinating that in order to do art, we're doing this all the time, yet it's looked upon by the society as just those loafers over there.
1: Well, one other thing about this is that actual health involves balance, and actual creative practice also involves a very even balance between passivity and activity. The creative cycle involves periods of passive receptivity and then uh active engagement with the work but if you get stuck in either one of in any place in that cycle um, both you and your work will suffer